meeting is being recorded. <laughs> nice. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Important Miscellaneous Talks. I'm your host, uh, Glassford Crossfield, and we are changing the world one podcast at a time. And today, we have the legendary fashion moguls with us. Please introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Trey Brunner, co-founder of Bamboo Aff. And Mariah, co-founder as well. Can you guys please explain uh, what is it that you guys do for the people that don't know? Yeah, I can start. So we started um, with clothing brand Bamboo Ave, and we initially started just as men's swim trunks, actually. Um, but over the last three and a half years, um, we've evolved to just a sustainable clothing brand, kind of versatile everyday wear. Um, so we made that transition because we realized that people were wearing our swim trunks for every activity. Um, so it actually came out of people's um, kind of reactions to our product. We try to make it as versatile as we possibly could, something that people could go from the pool to the gym, to the bar, to wherever in. Um, and that's exactly what our customers were doing. So now we have um, a bunch more shorts we launched. We're launching t-shirts sh- soon. Um, just focusing on that versatile, yeah. cool it, fashion. Yeah. And then a big opportunity that we are seeing um, and a big opportunity or something that drives us is actually we want to, you know, bridge the gap between like versatile products and fashion. And so what that means to us is like, okay, you may ha- buy some some products that you wear for fashion purposes, but you won't wear that on a hike. You won't wear that to the gym. You're only wearing that to the happy hour or, you know, with your friends. We're trying to build products that you can do all that in, right? So what does that look like? Obviously, that's not an easy um, barrier to a bridge to, to um, build, but that's something that we're focusing on, like making the best product that you can be, that you can wear for all the times and now add in fashion to it. Um, we don't come from a fashion background. So um, that is our hardest task too. Yeah, we think other like athleisure brands in the space kind of focus on functionality um, and we're trying to make them functional, but also fashionable, I think is our yep. key. Yeah. Since you guys don't come from a fashion background, where does your love of fashion stem from? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know how to answer that yet. We don't come from the fashion. We just, we, we come from more of like uh entrepreneurial mindset or a background where we just want to start businesses. Um, as I mentioned, we have two businesses. And so when we started a swim trunk brand, we just wanted to build a brand that kind of embodied our lifestyle. So that's traveling the world and, you know, living an active lifestyle. So even someone in New York, we were in Chicago at the moment. So summer in Chicago, working out, going to the beach, um, working from home, whatever the case is. Um, the fashion part came from we just wanted to use fun, cool colors. Honestly, that's how it started. Um, and we started getting a very diverse consu- uh, customer base. And we started realizing in something that I wanted to do, um, I'm mixed. And so I wanted my brothers and my family on um, my African-American side to be proud of my brand, just like my white family is as well. And so it's just been about trying to figure out how can we bring that, you know, um, that fun, that fashion to the brand. Um, but yeah, we don't have any background from the beginning. So we're learning as we go. I think some other fashion brands or fashion founders maybe fell in love with fashion and then started a brand. I think we was kind of the opposite where we fell in love with the process of building a community and starting a brand and the entrepreneurship side of things um, and then have fallen in love with fashion along the way. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so you guys curated this together but what about as like individuals like before you guys met was this something that was always in the back of your minds no short answer for me no i don't think so i know like 
people tell me like um, I always wanted to be a CEO. I don't remember this, but like when I had internships, I always wanted to be a CEO or I always wanted to be a boss. But to me, like me starting this business then had nothing to do with that. I think something that we both had individually um, and something that we have together is a love for travel and the lifestyle that we're able to live through our brand. So we actually met while we were both studying abroad in Bangkok. Um, so we had different colleges we came from and we both were on study abroad in Thailand. And that's where we met and we both already had that like mindset instilled in our minds where we wanted to create a lifestyle for ourselves centered around like adventure and travel first. Um, and so that's kind of tied throughout our whole brand as well. Yeah. Pretty much we just wanted to live this lifestyle. So we we had to figure a way to how to do it. That's how we got here. Yeah. Um, it's became something way bigger now, um, now that we got here. You you mentioned that your ethnicity is half black and half white. What's her ethnicity? Or race ethnicity? 100% white. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm Norwegian and um, Swedish. <laughs> but white. White. <laughs> so, so growing up, was there any, how did you, was there any uh, obstacles with being mixed? Because I oftentimes hear that mixed kids aren't really truly accepted in either group. Did you find any difficulty in that? Uh, yeah, I tell like this story, like, um, like I, when I grew up, I lived with my grandparents, my white grandparents, and I was the only black kid, the black kid there. Mm -hmm. Um, until third grade and then in sixth grade I moved to Chicago and I was the only white kid so I got bullied on both ends of they used to call me white Eminem as if Eminem wasn't white already uh, wow. and so yeah I got I mean I got a little bully but like it, nothing that like you know turned my character into a, a bad person or like I don't use that as motivation but um, I, I guess I had some obstacles but mm. I made it happen do you do you suffer any obstacles for for being with a white woman because you oh know in God. the black community you know this is a certain different demographic <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm trying to <laughs> yeah so definitely uh, my friend and I well we're, we're, we're we like white women and we know the kind of backlash the black community has for certain things like that so were you met with any of that backlash and also was your black family okay with your decision to have a white girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, no, I've never had to deal with that just because my mom is white. So like, like okay. my parents dealt with that, I guess, mm. and I can't deal with that because I'm already that's half of my um, blood as well. So gotcha. can't have to deal with that. Uh, what about like uh, your surroundings? Uh, any of your friends? Anyone call you a sellout? You know, I, I can call no, them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have, I, I guess I have a really diverse uh, friend group as well. So black friends, Asian friends, everything. So, um, and they date everything as well. So no backlash there. Um, I guess I had a, a perfect upcoming when it comes to girlfriends. <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. So if you weren't doing fashion, what would you be doing for a living? So after Bangkok, uh, we both actually started working at Facebook. Um, we worked on the advertising side of things, and that's kind of what gave us a, a one-up of starting our business. Without the fashion background, we had the advertising and marketing background to allow us to excel. And I personally loved like our job at Facebook. I think it was amazing. And if I were to work for any other company again, I, I would love to go back. But I think both of us have instilled in ourselves, like I said before, a different lifestyle where we're able to work for ourselves, able to work from, from anywhere. So I think I would still be 
working for myself on a different business if I wasn't working on Bamboo Ave and, and Vibe. And I think the same is for you too. Yeah, yeah because we have a because we have another business called Vibe Interior. Um, and so, yeah, we'll be somewhere in this entrepreneurship um, journey, yeah. um, you know, trying to figure and grow, grow our businesses. Yeah, That's like, what I, we enjoy. like I said, we, we're in love with the, the process of starting a business, seeing it grow, analyzing the marketing side of things, building a community that's like really behind the products that we create um, is something that's really fun for us. So it doesn't necessarily even have to be fashion. Like we said, we're not fashionistas, but we love the brand we're building behind it. Yeah. yeah. And, and is, to actually touch on to the fashion part is like one thing that we know we're not the best at fashion. Like that's never been like my strong suit. Like if you look at my photos growing up, like I always had some good stuff, but like I, I was definitely not a fashion forward person. Um, but we are bringing people onto our team to act who are fashion forward yeah. um, to actually help us, you know, create the designs that will help us bridge that gap. Yeah. How, how old are you guys, by the way? 27. 27. Interesting. Was it difficult at all for you guys to commit to each other at an early age? We're not married yet, but um, we have been together like, like five and a half years. Yeah. No, I think it's been a journey. We're very lucky. Like a lot of couples, um, when they get into business together, it gets really tough, right? Because it is really tough. We've had tough times too, but um, like this is what we want. This we enjoy. This um, we have so many so many commonalities with traveling and um, you know living a more balanced lifestyle than just grind, grind, grind. And so. Um, for us, it's perfect. I, I, we're definitely blessed to to have each other, I guess. Yeah, I think, knock on wood, we work, are so lucky to work so well together. And yeah, I think a lot of people, too, even just like coming to live in Bali by themselves, not knowing anyone else, like that's a lot for a couple to endure. But then we also have our business. We have a dog together. Like almost every part of our life is like intertwined. And I think some couples like have difficulty finding things in common. But us, like we have to find things separate, like no, I need to go get my own hobbies. You get your own hobbies. Like we're actively working to like find separation. So we still have that balance, you know, in our, in our relationship. Yeah. Cause when you have a business together, like you only think business. So those yeah. late, those talks that you had about like uh, that Netflix show that gets, that goes out the door for a little bit. You have to talk business at all times. At one point we were in Chicago, we worked together. We lived together at, we worked together at Facebook, lived together. And we had a side business together, two side businesses. So it was like, 24 seven, always together. Um, but again, we're very fortunate. This is not like, I hear stories about how couples like just it can't work together. And I understand that too, um, but we're very lucky. So how did you guys get the, the fundings to uh, like start the businesses that you have? Cause typically, you know, starting off, that's usually the, the hard part is to putting money towards your product. Yeah, yeah. So when we started Bamboo Ave, we only we not only, but we we did have five thousand dollars saved up, and we put that into it. That's how we started it. Um, and that's all the funding that we had to put into the brand. Actually, I think um, we've focused on slow, sustainable growth. Some other businesses who were able mm -hmm. to blow up faster, maybe from funding. But what we would do, like we have pictures of our first inventory order in our small apartment in Chicago, and it's just a couple of like little boxes. So we started with that, and then. Once we sold it, we put that revenue back into more inventory and then it keeps flowing and creating a bigger and bigger, bigger um, like snowball where we can get more and more inventory. Um, we also, yeah, I would say that's what it is. We're doing yeah. slow and sustainable growth so we can 
own 100% of our business. I think looking forward, we're open to funding and that's something we're going to have conversations with investors about in order to get to the next level. But getting here, yeah, we just are self-funded. Yeah, self-funded. We we, we bootstrapped it the whole way. I think the big point, the big point about like people starting businesses, um, uh, the you can always figure out to do a cheaper way, um, like doing it yourself. Like we were talking last night, like that's one of the biggest lessons we learned. Like try to figure it out yourself before you pay somebody else to do it. Then you don't have to worry about your own labor is the the cost at that point, not actual dollar dollars. So to give you a little more context to kind of dive into a little bit more, like making our logo, making our branding, doing all that stuff we did. We had no experience with any Photoshop and stuff, but we figured it out. We just did it. Creating our designs. We didn't pay anybody to do that for us. We did it. Yeah, I think we very much have adopted the mindset like done is better than perfect. I think some people who are trying to start a business get stuck in like what's called analysis paralysis where they think every little thing has to be perfect. And we're like, no, we're just going to put it out there. We're going to keep moving forward and make it work. And it's okay if we change it later. It's okay if it's not perfect. Like at least we're, we're having motion at all times. Yeah. And learning from that to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So how did you guys come up with the name Bamboo Ave? And also where do you get your ideas from for the designs? Yeah. So I'll talk on the Bamboo Ave part. Bamboo Ave is so random. We just thought it was a catchy name. We literally were in, um, we were traveling through Southeast Asia and Laos. We were sitting at a corner restaurant and there was bamboo tree right there. And we were just like, we were actually making a YouTube channel at that time. And we were like, Bamboo Ave, like, this mm. sounds catchy. Everybody we told, they're like, that is a good name. Like, they, you don't know what it means. No one knows what it means. But um, that allows us as a brand to kind of define what that means, what Bamboo Ave Avenue is about. But um, we just thought it was catchy. It was that simple. It, yeah. it wasn't like nothing to it. It's funny. I think we've given meaning to the name after we came up with the name where I think the logical way to do that would be the other way around. But we worked with um, like our team to create kind of what it means to be on Bamboo Ave and how that means for us. Like it's all about the journey. There's not necessarily a single destination. Um, you got to fall in love with the journey. Like we said, with starting a business and being on this business of um, entrepreneurship is what we've fallen in love with. But for the designs too, like, we're saying this again, we're not fashion forward people. So we just pick colorways that we thought look cool. Um, we have really simple designs, but we're working with a awesome designer right now to come up with more cool, like bespoke patterns and things that are more fashion forward than just our simple designs that we have right now. I think we're always going to have our cool, like staple products, which are going to be the more simple styles, um, which we luckily are able to just eyeball it and come up with colors that we think are cool and it has worked for us. But I think, again, we're not afraid to say that that's not our strong suit. So we're just going to need to bring in other people who that is their strong suit to help take our fashion side to the next level. Yeah. And then also going to our designs, what we try to do is we try to pick a staple color like a navy blue and we try to throw in another color that kind of gives it a pop. So like our navy blue shorts, which is our number one, uh, we throw in a mango color for the strings, the accents, the logos, just to give it a little pop. And you won't see that across the industry. You'll see like. Um, some of the bigger brands in the athleisure space, they'll just have navy blue shorts, no other colors on it, or with a white or a black, right? So we try to throw in other colors. So we use like lavender with maroon and like that that's some stuff that we're trying to get better at. And also so to allow people to show like, you know, their personality through their shorts too. So um again, we'll be going to other products too, like t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, women and stuff, and we'll will embody that. Yeah, that we just well. try and create products and colors that we think will make people feel confident. And we think like a simplistic neutral color with like a pop mix is like 
not as big of a step for someone to take who's not maybe fashion forward in terms of like having a cooler style is like okay it's just a minute it's like a pop of color not an entire uh short that's a wild color but yeah yeah that's our take on that that's dope uh, definitely uh simplicity sometimes is your best friend mm. so that's that, that that's very good on, on your end uh, so the vision for bamboo ave where do you see it going or is there an end goal for you guys start yeah sure um well we have a vision to to we built this vivid vision last year where you just pretty much you you say where you want to be exactly in three years and so um and three, you write it from the perspective that you're already there yeah it's like i think it's helpful exercise for people to do yeah that. so we wrote that vivid vision and so in three years we want to <clears throat> have our own warehouse uh, which we already have a warehouse but our own big warehouse with our our offices in it also our fulfillment and also a store we don't know where, maybe it's Austin, Texas uh, with Prince. Um, it could be Denver, we don't know exactly where, but that's our that's our vivid vision. We also wanna be a $50 million brand at that point. Um, and pretty much overall, like as a vision, we wanna make sure that we're creating, we wanna be the, the brand that people go to, like I wanna get like versatile products, high quality, but still look good and feel confident in. Again, if you go to like a REI or something like that, like say you're going on a hike or something, you want to go to REI and you're like, I need some hiking shorts or something like that. You're going to go there and you're like, all this stuff is ugly, like for the most part. And so what we're trying to do is build that bridge that gap between functional and fashion. And so where we see ourselves in, in three years is, is our people saying, I need some shorts for the summer and I'm going to do a lot of stuff. I'm going hiking, I'm going to beach parties, I'm going to Tulum, wherever. And these are the shorts for it and whatever other products we have. Yeah, and I think a lot of other brands who um, we see in our space will get funding and then their explosive growth doesn't maintain their branding and their community the same way. And so I think no matter what, no matter how big we get, we want to have the same message, the same feel when people are supporting our brand that we're as transparent and raw, even when we're $50 million a year as we are now. Um, and so that's really important to us too. We just never want to kind of feel like we're selling out or like a corporate brand. That's kind of the opposite of what we're going for. Yeah. Showing the point, you would you would y'all ever like push your product to, you know, celebrities for them to, you know, you know how it works. Like you know, people push their products to celebrities. Celebrities start wearing them so they can get their name and exposure, uh, you know, towards that brand. Have have y'all ever thought about that or looked towards that? Yeah, so we work with a we started at a more smaller scale, but we work with a lot of influencers. We also send our products to like athletes in the NFL and NBA and stuff. Um, and we get a lot of feedback from them. We haven't got too much exposure yet, but um, that just comes with, with time, you know, staying consistent, stay building these relationships with NBA players, NFL players, other athletes, and then also just other celebrities. And the time will come when, when I don't know, uh, Devin Booker's wearing our shorts and he's like, yo, these are the best shorts ever. And then we blow up overnight. Um, that time will come. Yeah, I'll say our initial growth plans in the last couple of years of our business has been focused kind of on Facebook and Instagram ads because that's what we know best because we came from Facebook. But now that we're getting to a bigger scale, we're obviously trying to um, switch up our media mix and have more things involved um, in our advertising and marketing efforts. So influencers, celebrities, ambassadors, things like that is definitely on our horizon and our yeah. plan. We're doing it kind of at a small scale now, testing before we expand it out bigger um, once we can kind of prove the value of it, which is a little more difficult than ads. If you guys could start over, what's one thing that you would do differently? 
<laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot about. Um, if we were to start over, one thing I would do differently. That is a that is a tough question. I think uh, one thing we try to really focus on being uh, founders, like there's different stages of a business, right? And so the beginning stage, I don't even know how to answer this. I'll say um, we, like, since we're self-funded, we've bootstrapped everything and we've been running around doing a lot of things for our business the last couple of years. In the last couple of months, we've brought on awesome people who are really good and skilled at things that we aren't necessarily great at. And that has definitely, we've seen the ROI on bringing on awesome teammates who are helping us get to the next level. So I wish we would have done that a little sooner. I think our like nomadic lifestyle, like we've lived in Bali the last year and a half. Before that, we lived in Tulum for six months. It's a little difficult to build a team, but now that we've been doing it, we've been seeing how incredible it is. So I wish I, we would have brought on good people sooner. Um, and I think after we leave Bali, that's going to be our main focus when we move back to the U.S. is building our team out even more um, to take us to the next level. But yeah. I, like you said, I, I think us doing everything ourselves has been really beneficial to us because we have an understanding of all areas of our business before you outsource it. Like if you don't have an understanding of the different areas of your business, you just hire someone to do it. Um, I think you can be taken advantage of and it's not a great way to run yeah. your business, but yeah. She, she said the best invest in people. Yeah. Got you. So for someone else trying to start their own brand, what's the biggest piece of advice that you can give them? Yeah. So I think it would just go to the point you're saying is like at the beginning of when you start a business, you have to figure everything out. Um, like Mariah hates, I say this all the time for the last three years, like really running a business about figuring shit out. Like you're never going to know anything. No one's going to tell you the blueprint ever. It's never going to be success overnight. It's not going to happen in a one month and you have to figure it out. And what I see a lot of people fail or give up is because they run into that first roadblock or the second roadblock and they give up, but you just have to be able to figure it out. And so that's my biggest advice is always be able to figure it out. Always be willing to, you know, understand that things aren't going to happen overnight. Like, like anything good, and, and sustainable for the long term is going to take time. And so if you're if you're willing to to put in that time, it, it will pay off. But that that's the, the key to it. Yeah, I think something I didn't necessarily understand before starting a business is that as a founder, our entire day pretty much is just solving problems. And so being able to be a good problem solver and figure things out is the most key aspect, I think, to our success and to anyone's success. I think when people see our business or people are thinking about starting a business, they only see some of the glamorous stuff like on launch day and they're like, damn, they just dropped this really cool product, but they don't see the entire process and all the problem solving and putting out fires every day that went into that. And I think, yeah, that's why when we said we fell in love with the process of starting a business, the process of running a business, that's why we just love what we do. But um, I think that's important to understand before going into that. Outside of work, out of all the places you guys have been to, which country uh, have you guys like just enjoyed thoroughly just being there? Yeah, definitely Indonesia. We're in Bali, Indonesia to be um, particular, but uh, Bali, Indonesia is perfect. It's like the digital know-how, no uh, digital no hub of what am I saying? The global yeah. hub of digital nomads. Yeah. Um, pretty much like you, you can meet anybody here, especially with the borders opening now. You see other business owners. You see a lot of people in crypto. You see people um, in SEO. Wherever you, whatever type of business you are interested or you know passion you have, people are here. 
Um, it's a really Western culture. So you'll probably, mm -hmm. I don't, if you've never been here, you don't know what to expect, but it's like being in the U.S. in a way. Like all the restaurants are really fancy, nice. You have all types of food across the world, Australian, um, European food, Chinese, Asian, um, American food. Like I eat burgers all the time. I eat wings. Um, so yeah, I, I think Bali, Indonesia is definitely best. Also, it's affordable. So we lived in Tulum and like Tulum is amazing, but it's on a lot of um, Mexican food all the time. And so yeah. here is perfect. Like we, we good, we can eat healthy. Um, we can do it all here. Yeah, I think Bali is like our perfect place to live, which is why we live here. But I think my favorite like purely travel destination is the Philippines. I think that's one of our favorite places. They don't quite have the infrastructure and the Wi-Fi speed and stuff like that that Bali has. So that's kind of one of the reasons we are living here. But um, purely based on beauty and adventure and stuff like that, I think it's the Philippines for me. Yeah, and that's also, that's also a big point. She mentioned the infrastructure. So you guys, are, we're on a call right now. The Wi-Fi is great here. Like it, Bali has it all. Like that's why I mean, it's like pretty Western. Like it's developed um, for the most part. Mm. The the currency exchange rate is like ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's like fourteen thousand to one. Geez. So you pull out of the ATM a million. <laughs> yeah, you're a million. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, a million seventy dollars, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Jesus Christ. So it's easy to be a millionaire out here, too. That's, you know, <laughs> you don't even need investors. We're already millionaires out here, so. <laughs> wow, that's intense. Nah, yeah, uh, I, gotta, I heard the culture, I heard the culture in the Philippines is, like, really, really welcoming. Oh, yeah, yeah, Bali as well. I think just Southeast Asia in general is one of our favorite areas of the world because people are so kind. Just yeah, yeah willing to help out anyone when we used to drive through the philippines when we were traveling like people would run to the the kids would run to the road as we're driving by just to wave at us yes. and say hey like oh. they're just so happy to see people you yeah. know ever it's just so crazy they, there's just a lot of people there but like that's how welcome they they are um we yeah. even got invited to we were on a beach one time we got invited to somebody's birthday where they were just like singing karaoke and it, like philippines definitely so welcoming but bali is the same um very yeah. friendly open community where i don't think it's like new york like new york like if you, <laughs> yeah i think i saw a tiktok if you bump into someone in bali they'll say sorry in new york they'll like punch you yeah. <laughs> can't even, can't stare. Not all like that not dead like that no it's dead like that no don't let them exaggerate though no, a, a lot of us are rude though because a lot of tourists like to walk slowly for some reason i have no idea why but we're, we a lot of us have manners too, but you know. Yeah. They're somewhere, yeah. But what that. would you do if someone's staring at you? If someone's staring at you on the on on the the bus? I mean, how long are they staring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe a minute, a whole a minute. minute. A minute's a bit intense. Will you like me or something? <laughs> I've gotten into fights for staring too long, so I don't even. That's crazy. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Since, since high school, that was the thing. Like since the age of fourteen, I knew not to stare too long. Honestly, yeah. See, and, that's and, not and true also here. Also, to preface, <laughs> people in Bali aren't just staring at you like that, but they're just kind. They would never uh, yeah. think any like thing is going wrong if someone was staring. Yeah. Sixty seconds is, is that's a long time, you know. That's a long yeah. time. That's a long time. A lot can happen. <laughs> well, what What's the message that you would like to send people through your brand? uh 
Well, one thing that you guys mentioned, asked about Bamboo App, what does it mean? So to us, it, it means like, like the path is not straight. Um, and so we have like a little brand mark that shows like how it's, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. It's going to be a lot of roadblocks, bumps and things like that. And so that's something that we want to, you know, articulate in our brand that life's not always easy, but you can still like give your best self. And so we try to show that through our colors and our, our, our products and be, being that fun brand. And we try to show that throughout our social media and stuff like that. Like we're not this corporate brand. We are real people. We, we love, you know, making the world better. We want to live life and be happy, move to Bali, whatever, live in Austin, whatever the case is. And so um, for us, it's just about, I, I don't want to sound like cliche, but it's just like live, you know, be, live a happy, positive life with, you know, mm-hmm. with which we, whatever you have going on. I mean, we're not this like um, big positive people behind us either. Like we have bad days too, but like, I guess that's something we just try to articulate in our brand. Like, yeah, and I think like on a smaller scale, we want people to feel confident about the quality of the products they receive, confident that it's going to make them feel like good when they're wearing it, but also feel good about the purchase they make. So we focus a lot on sustainability with our products, um, what we make them out of, what we send them, um, the packaging we send them in and everything is all fully sustainable. And we want people to feel good about that aspect, good about the business that they're supporting um, and just good about the clothing that they're going to be wearing too. Yeah. I guess another way to say it is like we just want to be a brand that like people just don't um, people don't take life too seriously. You know, like you understand, like there's ups and downs and you just keep it going. Yeah. What are some of the biggest mistakes that someone can make when starting a brand? Uh, going back to that point, like not figuring things out yourself. Right. If you like say um, Prince was going to start a business and uh, he want to start a clothing business like you know, get in there, get dirt, get your hands dirty, figure out like how to do the design process, figure out how to, you know, start the Shopify store, build the website. If you, if you a lot rely on other people to do that, you're going to fail because they don't have that much passion as you do to whatever journey you have. And so, um, yeah, that's my answer. I agree on that. What are, are y'all ever going to have a big and tall section? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and we, we're expanding man we, we're expanding a lot man uh yeah when it comes to you feel left out bro <laughs> hey man we need some love too i yeah. agree I, I fully agree with you yeah we're all about inclusivity it's just like you know um i don't know why we we didn't expand i think last year we only had one x and then we were like why don't we only have one x we need to go two x so how far should we go oh just two x that's it yeah. oh, okay cool we can get there. We can get there in the next few months. So, Prince, do you have a hard time finding shorts that are comfortable and versatile for you? No, not not really. I think uh, shorts are the the easiest to find. Um, yeah. So, what kind uh, of shorts are you wearing? I mean, I typically only wear Adidas, Nike, Under Armour, like the big sport. brands, the big big ones. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a, like I'm basketball a bit, shorts, right? Yeah, I'm a bit bougie. I'm not gonna lie, but I mean, as long as long as it's a, it's a two X, because I have really thick legs, so you know, I order size up and everything, so you know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so. we, we're having some. We're we're designing some new patterns actually. Uh, up there, man. These they're gonna be fired. They're like um, it's like a bamboo have Louis Vuitton print type thing. Uh, Ooh, that's that's, oh, wow. 
We'll, we'll I'm gonna make, send it to you for it to make sense. Yeah, we'll we're make, not trying to knock off Louis Vuitton. Yeah, it's not like Louis Vuitton. It's just like you know, it's a, a consistent you know how pattern. They have like a bespoke pattern. Yeah, that's what we're building with our designer. That's fire. I like that. Yeah, we're gonna have some dope colors. Yeah, we'll make sure we have two X, and I'll make sure I message you too. Please do ASAP. Real talk. Yeah. Since since you come from the background of advertising, what are some of the best um advertising strategies that you guys have incorporated into your brand? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just always keep testing, right? Because uh, like everything is changing. The stuff we when we started the business two years ago or three and a half years ago. We worked at Facebook and we thought we knew everything about advertising. Well, two years, three years later, everything has changed. And so you just always got to keep testing. Right. What that means is like going to TikTok, right, going, changing the way you make ads on Instagram, Facebook and just, you know, having an open mindset at all times to connect with your consumer to, you know, convince them to buy your brand. Yeah, I think not being afraid to try new platforms, even if they seem new. So, for instance, like Instagram and Facebook ads was like our bread and bread bread and butter and like everything we knew we were seeing good results on that um but then tiktok came up and it's a new platform but other businesses were really starting to see success and people like kind of compared it to early days of facebook if you got on that platform advertising early it was way cheaper way more effective now it's so diluted and so we've started to go lean in really heavily to tiktok and be kind of one of the earlier brands now it's kind of like midway there's a lot of brands on tiktok but i think leaning into new opportunities and again yeah not being able not being afraid to test is really important. Yeah. I just realized that we asked him how uh, his family felt about him dating a white woman. Did you face any backlash and ridicule with uh, your decision to date him? No, I didn't. I think it was never talked about or thought about, at least to my attention, of me dating yeah. a mixed person. I feel very welcome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, that's dope. Dinner with five people, dead or alive, for both of you. Who would who who would you choose to have dinner with? Five people, dead or alive. But you have you asked this on other podcasts? Five people, man, that's a lot. Do they? We can't. We were thinking last night. We can't come up with five people. What? You guys not people? Like people persons? <laughs> no, I am. But the only person I can think of is like Kobe Bryant. Like for sure, it's Kobe yeah. Bryant. And I'm not saying that because your poster actually. I it was already thinking that. <laughs> That's like mm -hmm. the only one that I really would just love to just sit with. Maybe I can just sit with him directly. No other people. I'm satisfied. <laughs> no, no, we hear a lot of Elon Musk. Um, we hear some some historical figure like MLKs, the Malcolm X, the uh, uh, Rosa Parks. I, we've heard George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. So uh, yours. Let us hear yours. Mine is it's an interesting mix. Kobe's definitely one of them. Kobe. I, I do have Harriet Tubman on there. Um, uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, I I have I have Hitler on there. I gotta find out his origin story. My goodness. Uh, and the the last one I I forget, but my Trump is an interesting one as well. Steve Jobs. I, we hear a lot of Steve Jobs as well. Yeah. Uh, Visionaries. Would be a good one. Yeah. Hmm? yeah. I think uh, Michelle Obama's up there for me. Also, Sheryl Sandberg. She's, oh. she's a COO of uh, Facebook. She's a badass. Yeah, I would add Obama to mine for sure. <laughs> just just me, Kobe, and Obama just chilling. <laughs> oh, Shaq could be good for me too. Shaq could be. I think Jordan. I like basketball, so you could throw Jordan in there. Yeah, you're gonna just have all the basketball players. Prince, what about you? 
Uh, it would have to be Kobe, Kendrick Lamar, Gary V. That's three. Gary v. Oh, J. Cole. Oh, damn, you bringing all the good ideas. I'll bring J. Cole to mind. I was thinking Chance the Rapper for me, too, now that I think about it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we should have put some more thought into that question. Um, I would have had a better list. I had a all-star team. <laughs> What's his name? Patrick Bet David? Oh, him too. Yeah, I gotta I gotta pick his brain. Yeah, OD. He's a good businessman. Warren Buffett, I hear a lot too. Bill Gates, I hear sometimes too. But uh yeah. my final question is how do you want your brand to be remembered? <clears throat> you answer Johnson as well. You start. I think um, we're just getting started. And so I hope it's remembered for something way bigger than where we are now, way bigger than just a clothing brand. Um, I think everything we do isn't really just about the clothing that we create. Like we said, we're not just fashionistas. It's about the messaging behind our brand, the community we're building. Um, we're just trying to make people feel good, like feel good about their purchases, feel good when they're wearing our clothes. Um, feel a little bit of light when it's like shitty things happening in the world. And so I think that's the bigger picture of our brand and our messaging that I hope people remember. Yeah. I hope we can do like some really amazing things like within the community. Like um, one thing I know for me, I don't know if you guys have a chance to really travel abroad, but like that opens your mind so much. If you can spend three weeks abroad somewhere, you get to see like what it's actually like to be, um, you know, in a different community, different country. And so for me, like for, for the brand and how that ties to it, I would love to create opportunities to, you know, give uh, minorities an opportunity to get a passport, you know, and travel mm -hmm. for a month somewhere. Like that's one of our, our visions for Bamboo Ave and, and doing that. It would be like a passport program because, uh, do you guys have a passport? Yes, sir. Uh, shamingly, I don't, but it's in the works. Yeah, yeah. See. See, that's a big difference between like Mariah and myself. Like uh, a lot of my like um, black community from like home and stuff like that, nobody has a passport. So like I'm like I'm in Bali, come out here, and they're like I don't even have a passport. Mm -hmm. So it's like they can't even get here. So um, versus she doesn't know anyone without a passport. Um, it just comes from that's an interesting contrast. Yeah. And so that's one thing that we 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 definitely want to focus on with our brand. And so like how we want to be remembered is just caring and trying to be a, like an inclusive brand to to everyone. Right. We're not like for one one subset of people We're for, we are trying to build for everyone. And so, yeah, there's a lot of different gaps we're trying to bridge um, out there. And so I hope that we are a brand that anyone can feel comfortable that that they feel like seen and heard when they come to our brand, like that they don't think that this is a brand for a subset of people. That's not them. Yeah, exactly. That's dope. I like all that stuff. Make sure you guys go follow them. Make sure you check out their stuff. It looks awfully comfortable. My goodness. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out to speak to us. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you.